This podcast was recorded from our twice-weekly live stream. To watch this video or see other episodes of The Spiritual Journalist, head to thespiritualjournalist.com or find me on YouTube. You can find a link in the show notes. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here, and I am so excited for today's conversation. We're talking with Allie Pierce, who is a travel blogger, influencer, just an influencer in general. She has been a light in my life, watching someone else leave the news industry and pave her own way. So today we're talking all about the power of travel, and specifically the power of traveling with other women. I'm. This conversation is going to be amazing. I already know. I love Ali's energy, and I can't wait for you to experience it too. So, let's get started. I've always been a deeply curious person, talking with anyone who would listen and soaking in as much information as possible. So it's no surprise my love for storytelling led me to a career in journalism. But after nearly a decade working in newsrooms across the West Coast, I realized I wanted to start asking questions you probably wouldn't see on your local news. So I left my job as a morning TV reporter and started The Spiritual Journalist. This isn't just a YouTube channel, podcast, website, or social media page. This is a live conversation where you get to ask questions too, because I'm not the expert. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. My goal is to connect you with people who have profound experiences and inspirational stories to share. And we'll definitely mix a little astrology in too. So if you're like me, you have this insatiable curiosity and you love deep conversations too, well, this is the place for you. Together each week, we'll explore everything from crystals and tarot to mental health and the environment. There are no wrong questions here. My ultimate goal is for you to come away from each episode with a new perspective and an expanded consciousness. This is a channel for the collective. This is a community for the curious. This is The Spiritual Journalist. Hello. Hi. Oh my gosh. I was like, I don't know if you can see me, but I was watching that video and I was like, this is so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm so excited to have you on. I, When I started this show, instantly I was like, I have to have Allie on the show. You are just the perfect person to talk to for everything that I envision this show to be. Oh, that is so sweet of you to say, to even think that like I was even just like the tiniest grain of a part of like this vision or what you wanted this show to be. I'm so... I, I've mentioned this on stories, but I am so proud to see fellow TV newsers and fellow women who have been in the local news industry go out and carve their own path and pave their own path and take that leap of faith, which is so scary. Um, but you did it, and I'm so happy for you, and I'm, I'm so excited to chat with you. I think this is amazing, all that you're doing. It's incredible. Thank you. Yes, this is going to be so much fun. Um, and I know we're going to talk all about leaving TV news, what came after that. There's so much to get into. But first, I love to start all of our interviews with a look at our guest's birth chart. So are you game? Are you ready for it? I've never had my birth chart read. And that's only because I never knew what time I was officially born. And to get ready for this 
interview, my mom ha my mom lost my birth certificate, and so she couldn't remember the time. And so she's like, "All right, we're gonna order some more birth certificates." So now I know. Now you have the time. It's official, and I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, here we go. I. You are someone where I've watched you on social media and like followed your journey for so long. And as I've gotten more into astrology, I'm always like, I wonder what her rising sign is. Like I knew you were in Aries, but I was like, I need to know, I need to know what else. Okay, so I thought for sure, I thought for sure you would have like a ton of Sagittarius energy in your chart because Sagittarius is all about travel and expansion, but you actually have like very little Sagittarius energy in your chart. However, here's the kicker. We're just gonna like right off the bat. Okay, so this is your rising. Your rising sign is in Virgo and I'll explain what that means in a second, which is just like so perfect for you. But look at, that's Jupiter okay. right there, like on top of your rising sign, forming a conjunction with your rising sign. And Jupiter is the planet that rules Sagittarius. So it is the planet of abundance, of expansion, of travel, of manifestation. And the fact that it, it has a conjunction with your rising sign, because your rising sign is like your first impression that you give off to the world. You're like, hello, hi, travel, like right next to each other. <laughs> so this is a good thing where this is, this is, I should say, I am obliv I know that I'm an Aries and that's about where it ends in terms of astrology knowledge. So like you are talking to like someone who has no idea about all this stuff. <laughs> all good things, no negatives in astrology, but yeah, Jupiter being on your rising sign. Okay, so I think this is so funny because I ask all of my guests to fill out this little form, you know, and like a fun question I ask is um, what would your memoir be named or called or what would your book be called and i love how the first thing you wrote was out loud because i feel like this this is like hello i'm here <laughs> like, <laughs> like hello i'm commanding attention you will listen to me whether you like it or not <laughs> big main character energy right here for sure so you have a Virgo rising, and so just to break it down like the basics for you, your sun, moon, and rising are your three main signs. And your rising sign, like I said, is kind of like how you dawn on people, that first impression you give off. Your sun sign kind of rules your personality, your essence, and then your moon sign is like your internal self. So we'll start with the rising in Virgo. And you're familiar with Virgo energy because I know Linda, your mom, is a Virgo, right? Yes, she is. I'm very familiar in, with Virgo energy. <laughs> I know. I'm dying to see Linda's full chart too, by the way. One day we're going to have to do that. But um, so you're a Virgo that. rising. I have a Virgo rising as well. Um, and that really makes up the whole layout of your chart, which is nice because I'm very familiar with like all the houses being ruled by these signs because mine are the same. But your Virgo Quizzy. rising... Yes, exactly. Your Virgo rising is like your attention to detail in your appearance, in your aesthetic. Like, I mean, even your background, like there's so much detail in all of your luggage. Like your, I remember you might have been like this too. Like growing up when I got ready for school, I had to have like everything perfectly matching and like the backpack and the outfit and everything had to be perfect. 
Oh yeah, I had. I looked forward to getting dressed for school every week because I would have my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday outfits, and they would all be lined out and, and matching and all the things. So yes, <laughs> that is definitely a Virgo rising and. Having a Virgo rising, so Virgo is ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of communication, and so that's also probably why you can communicate very easily. And you know, communicating has been a huge part of your career and your life. Um, words, you can use words easily on upon first meeting people. You know, you're not like shy or anything. And then your Aries Sun, <laughs> I know, just laughing. Like shy and Ali are like two. Totally separate energies. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny though. I'm interested to see what the rest of this shows because there is a part of me that's like a little bit like I'm. Sometimes I feel more like a extroverted introvert, where it's like I feel like there's this that I'm showing to the world, but then a little bit inside, I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> okay. I'm so glad you said that. So let's talk about your sun now. It's in Aries over here in your eighth house. So Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. It's kind of the baby of the zodiac, and you're an only child, right? Yes. <laughs> so am I. Yeah. So am I. I know. There's so many um, only children who do journalism, which is like a weird, like observation to make. But a lot of, especially broadcast journalism, I've I feel like I never meet only children, but I've met a lot of only children who do broadcast journalism. We like just must love attention or something. <laughs> I think it's just because we're used to all eyes being on us that we're like, eh, might as well make a career out of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think it's interesting that your son is in your eighth house. So the eighth house rules energy exchange, like contracts, sex. It's the, the house of shadow work. So there's kind of this intensity to you. Like you probably have a ton of energy just because you are an Aries, which is a fire sign and has a ton of energy. And you, you do. Like I can just feel your energy in general when I watch your stories and stuff. But there's this level, <laughs> there's this level of intensity and passion to it as well because the eighth house is all about passion. So um, I think that's interesting. And your Mercury is really close to your sun over here. So you probably express yourself very easily, again, with words, words are very closely associated with your personality. So your communication is just like very in line with your personality, I feel like. That makes sense. Okay, and then what you were talking about, there's this part of you that's like, eh, I just kind of want to like escape and be in my own little world and just like close the door and not have anybody bug me. That, well, Aries definitely has an energy of independence, so there's that. You probably feel pretty independent, and I mean, you've traveled the world alone, so very Aries energy, but you have a moon, so your internal self, your emotions, in Aquarius, and Aquarius is the sign most known to kind of like check out and escape, <laughs> um, but also it's... Uh, you know, Aquarius energy is really like all about technology and marching to the beat of your own drum, being different, being eccentric, innovating. So there's probably part of you that's like, I'm different. And I want people to know that like, I'm not just this girl that like dresses perfectly and shows up very presentable and has all this energy and is super bubbly. Like there's part of me that's like very different and wants to feel seen, but only by people who are trustworthy. 
I'm so weird. Like I am, I've always been just so weird. <laughs> I, 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 there's a part of me that thinks that comes through on social media, but like maybe, maybe like my weirdest things do not come through on social media. Maybe only like my best friends know that, but I am, yes. <laughs> But it's interesting because Aquarius, like I said, is all about technology. So you probably use technology as a way to like kind of express that eccentricity and that how you're different. Um, but it's funny when I looked at your chart, I instantly thought when I saw your Aquarius moon of that year, you dressed up as an alien for Halloween. I was like, that's her Aquarius moon. Like I see Aquarius as like the alien of the Zodiac, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I feel like I love I love the alien stuff. I love the witchy voodoo woo woo stuff. Like give me all that. I, I only have like a pinky toe in it. Like I need to learn and understand more, but there's like this part of me that's like, I don't know, do I just like go off the grid and just like be a witch or something? Like, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah, that's the Aquarius moon for sure. But it's interesting because um, your Aquarius moon is in your fifth house and the fifth house is all about love and creativity and expression. So there is part of you that probably does want to express that side. However, your Saturn is also in Aquarius. So right next to your moon here. And have you heard of the concept of a Saturn return? Definitely. Yes. I feel like I'm You're going in through it. Maybe. It. Yeah, you are. I'm in it. <laughs> Yeah, so Saturn is currently in Aquarius, I think at 10 degrees, and yours is at 15 degrees. So it will probably go exact at the beginning of next year is when you'll like really experience that Saturn return. But as Saturn has been in Aquarius, we're all, mine is in Aquarius too, so we're definitely starting to feel it. And yours is in your sixth house, which is all about routine, health, wellness. So over the past year, you might have had some... Um, shifts to how you relate to health and wellness or just your daily routine? In like a great way. I feel like I, for the first time in my life, like I have a solid morning routine. I've always wanted to be one of those people that has like a really good morning routine. I work out. Peloton has been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I like journal every morning. I meditate and I'm one of those annoying people that like actually does the morning routine. You're like, I don't, Sometimes people are like, I don't believe that you do all that stuff. I'm like, I do this and it's great. So I see that. <laughs> That's perfect. Like lean into that energy for your Saturn return. Okay, so a couple other things I'll point out before we just dive right in. Um, your North Node, we have a lot of similar placements. So your North Node is in Sagittarius. And this is your only Sagittarius placement. But the North Node rules our destiny what we're here to learn in this lifetime. And once I learned my North Node was in Sagittarius, so your, your destiny is literally to like travel and explore the world and expand people's consciousness. Like we know that. Um, but it's really empowering to know that because for me, especially because I am a Virgo and you know, I'm sure Linda's the same way. Like I can be very reserved. I can play it safe. I can be a little bit more modest and then realizing that my purpose is to be free and have fun and travel was a huge reason. I was like, I need more than two weeks off every year. Like I need to be able to travel and have fun and, you know, do all the things. So you are right in line with your purpose. And at the same time, your south node is opposite in Gemini. So another reason you came into this lifetime able to communicate with people very easily. You can learn. You probably were a good student growing up. Like you can learn and teach very easily. That energy probably feels very comfortable for you. 
This is so cool. Like, thank you. For, I'm not sure if you're done, but like, thank you for doing this. It just feels just, it's nice to know that you're doing what the universe, you know, has kind of laid out this roadmap for you to do, essentially. A hundred percent. Okay. A few more things because I, I told you I've been looking forward to seeing your birth chart for so long. So your midheaven is in Gemini and that represents your greatest potential in your career. So speaking, socializing, perfect, you know, for you and your career, like that will only bring you more success the more you speak your truth and connect with other people. Something I realized as a Virgo rising and one of my best friends is also a Virgo rising and just recently. So our 11th house is ruled by cancer and the 11th house is the house of community and the collective and groups. So kind of where you fit in and cancer is the sign of the divine feminine. So once I realized that I was like, oh, I am meant to have a community of women around me. Like that is what I'm here for. So I had to tell you that because I'm like, this is what you are creating with gals abroad and these getaway trips with communities of women. So this is what that cancer that that's showing me. It's, it's the same as you where we need to surround ourselves with women. Yes. Yes. Okay. And very last thing I'll point out because I know that you'll appreciate this. So your Venus, the sign of love and money, is in your seventh house in Pisces and this is like hello you're going to get married and have a long-term relationship and I would look for a Pisces if I was you <laughs> wait isn't it so funny I'm like oh the the m word like I'm like married <laughs> And it might not be marriage necessarily, but this is like relationship for sure. The seventh house is the house of okay. partnerships and relationships. So it might not even be like, I see it being romantic, honestly, especially in Pisces. Pisces is a very like sentimental romantic energy, but um, you know, partnerships will bring you money for sure. Partnerships will be important to you and you probably desire partnership, even if it's not romantic, but just with other women, with other people in general. Um, but so look for I don't Pisces. Know. Yes. Look for Pisces. Or just take note of who around you is a Pisces. You know, if you're drawn to Pisces. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like only date Pisces. <laughs> but if you find a Pisces man and you're like vibing with him, I'm just saying. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on the hunt. I feel like we're just looking we're just looking for like a a general fling at the moment because the M word, as you can see by my innate reaction to the, <laughs> we are not there yet. <laughs> That's fine. Take your, and I mean, this is just something like I saw in your chart, but like you're going through your Saturn return now. Your Mars is in, I don't know if it's in Pisces or Aquarius. It's right on the edge. It's in Pisces. So you have this like motivation and then your Venus is following your Mars. I don't know. That's not necessarily how birth charts work where it's like this is going to happen in order or anything, but you know, you have plenty of time, you're young. And I just, I had to point that out because I'm like, your Venus is in your seventh house. Like there is a sentimental, beautiful relationship on the way for you for sure. I love that. Uh, that's really sweet. All right. I'll keep my, I'll keep my feelers out. I guess I need to start putting myself out there. <laughs> It'll come when it's supposed to come. Trust me. It's yeah. when you're not looking. Like, trust me. I'll do a whole episode about that. But it's definitely when you're not looking for it that it's like, hello. 
Well, I will, then I will not look. <laughs> it'll happen. It'll happen. Okay. That was fun. I'm so glad we did that. Now Thank let's you. talk more about you because that's what this is about. So you and I first met, we were working in San Luis Obispo. You were there for what, like a year? Was it even a year? <sighs> not even. That was like, I mean, we could go into that story, but that was like a quick little baby stint, like the first kind of official job that I got out of college. So it was like, it was around this time. It was like, I would only say like four or five months that I was there, not long. But I remember like your impact, you just came into the newsroom and brought so much life and so much fun. And even like, I think, I don't even know if I was 21 yet. I think I was because I just remember you were like this party that like came, you know, just for this short period of time. And I, I don't necessarily know all the drama that happened and why you didn't end up staying longer, but I remember when you left, I was like, no, like we lost such a good reporter and such a fun person. And I was so pissed that we lost you. <laughs> it's so funny. Like the, I look back on that stage in my career and, and you know, the, the reality of the situation was I was presented with two contracts and it was either stay in San Luis Obispo or go to Palm Springs. And at the time I had this grand idea for myself of being like, I was going to be the next Juliana Rancic. I was going to do the red carpets. I was going to do the Hollywood things. And in my mind, and, and this is the reality of the situation was I figured my greater chances of interviewing celebrities and being sort of kind of in that Hollywood bubble was in Palm Springs versus San Luis Obispo. That being said, and I love Palm Springs and I would have never changed the way I did anything, but I loved slow, like the energy, the hiking, the outdoorsy, the, the everything. It was just such a beautiful first place to sort of dip my toes into like the news reporting world out of college. <laughs> San Luis Obispo is still my favorite place on the planet, and I am manifesting moving back there one day. Like, it is, if you've never been, it you have to go. It's just the best little gem in California. Wine country, hiking, water, like, it literally has it all. But that being said, I feel like it was so you know, divine timing or whatever that you ended up going to Palm Springs because you did end up getting to do the red carpets and the celebrity stuff. And then it kind of opened up this whole other world of travel possibilities to you. It's, it's kind of funny just to like kind of give people context of, you know, my trajectory and career and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, as I said, I like, I want, I thought I wanted to do the celebrity stuff. I thought I wanted to do the red carpets, go in LA, be on E! News, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Palm Springs was such a great first place where I like honed my craft, you know, cut my teeth, did all that sort of stuff and got to the, to the place that I am today. However, it was also there that I realized like, oh my God, like, I don't care about celebrities <laughs> like and, and that's not to knock people who do that full time because it is such an incredible job and industry and etc. But like I think of what you know it, it probably was like this for you like you could probably talk to someone about astrology all day like let me just tell you about this 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 is this. 
I couldn't do that with celebrities or, you know, movies or TV. But what I could do that with is with travel. And I was constantly talking about like these different destinations. I was finagling with my boss at the TV station, which as you said, we only get two weeks off. I was like, hey, can I work five extra days so that then I can take even more time off for this trip? And like, can I owe you days? And like all of this, like back and forth to just go and be gone. And the reason, you know, for any one of, of your community who's listening and they're like, who is this girl? Um, my mom is a travel advisor. You've brought her up, Linda, a, a bunch of times. And so we love she, Linda. We love we Linda. We love Linda. We love <laughs> Linda. She's, she's a character in and of itself. But, you know, I was watching her go and, you know, not only plan trips for clients, but also herself go to places like India and Bhutan and Uganda and South Africa. And I'm sitting in the anchor desk being like, when do I get to do that? Like, I want to do that, but my butt has to be here in this job. So it kind of, that was the spark where I was like, all right, I'm getting the itch. Do we stay in this job or do we like take the scary leap of faith? <laughs> totally. I feel like my realization was so similar. I mean, there was a long time where I loved talking about journalism and the inner workings of news and, you know, how the industry worked. But like the same thing, I didn't really want to talk about the shooting I covered this morning, you know, or some journalists are so into politics and like love talking about politics. And I was like, yeah, that's not my thing. And even the latest news director I had was like, what's your beat? What's your niche? And I was like, eh. I don't really, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I just don't. And that was a wake up call for me. I was like, if I don't care about these things, I should not be reporting on them. So, yeah. I mean, I know you interviewed like incredible people and had such fun experiences, but was there a moment you were like, this just isn't fulfilling me anymore? Yeah, it was, you know, it was funny. From the moment, you talk about like my energy, this like bubbly energy. From the moment I joined this job, I will never forget there was um, an assignment editor who I credit to being the person who, I can work with literally anyone because I've worked with this person. <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> but, you know, he constantly said, I can't wait until we break you. I can't wait until you're jaded. I can't wait until you become this like, you know, kind of like reporter that just like jumps on people. And I remember hearing that and being like, oh, no, that that is never going to be me. And, you know, there was this the, the, the side of the industry that I feel like people don't talk about as much because it's so icky is like people would walk into the newsroom and say horrible things like, I, ah, oh, it's a slow news day. I hope there's an accident or it's a slow news day. What if, you know, I hope there's, you know, just horrific things. And, and I know you feel this way and I feel this way too. Like words carry power. You know, what we manifest and what we put out into this world is just, you know, I, I would never, I would never wish that. And I just felt like I was in an environment that felt yucky. And, and so long story short, I wound up covering, um, the San Bernardino terrorist attack. Um, was that 2015, 2016? I, I can't remember what year it was, but, um, I was one of the first reporters on the scene there. Um, I remember getting the call from my boss being like, there's an active shooter. We don't really know what's going on. And I just happened to be near the area. And so they're like, it just makes sense. You're already there. Go. I was by myself, one woman show, and I, I remember like having that sinking feeling being like, oh my God, like 
what am I, what am I walking into? I have very little information. Um, and then just as that entire situation unfolded, it was long 12, 14, 16 hour days of just being surrounded by, you know, other reporters who were from CNN, Network, et cetera, all lined up. And I remember kind of looking to my right and to my left and seeing these people who, this is their everyday life, coming and covering hurricanes, earthquakes, mass shootings, et cetera. And, I, and when you're not live on camera, they would be setting up their lawn chairs, ordering a pizza, chit-chatting, and I'm kind of like shell-shocked being like, this is a horrific event and you are so casual. And I mean, there's so many coping mechanisms for how people deal with like horrific tragedies. And, and for them, they have to bounce from one to the next. But I remember looking around and being like, I am not cut out for this. This is not my life's purpose. And and journalism and, and journalists are, are so valuable, especially now. Um, so I'm not saying that anything negative about the industry. It just wasn't what I was put on this earth to do. 100%. I agree. I think that journalists, people who have that passion and are able to continue and go, and go cover those things are angels. Like, honestly, like, honestly they are put here to do that. And I, I feel like I was doing that for a while. But, you know, I think kind of the same as you. It just, you get to a certain point where you're like, if I'm not feeling this anymore, like, why am I doing it? But I think it's also interesting because you did start to do some work. Was it on the side with Visit Palm Springs that kind of like opened your awareness to the possibilities of blogging and being a travel influencer? Yeah, it's funny. Like, so with these TV news contracts, um, they're they're so tight. And, and I mean, I understand why they need to be because we need to be impartial and, and serious, etc. So I did not do any of the travel stuff officially until I was done with my contract. But quite literally, like this is no joke. I will never forget this. My contract ended on May 31st. And on June 1st, I was working with the tourism board because they kind of knew that I was not re-signing my contract and leaving. And so they're like, let's do this with you. And it was like, Honestly, what kind of, at least for me, gave me the confidence and like, okay, there's ways to make money that don't look like the traditional nine to five job. And also, oh my God, you want to pay me this much? Because literally my reporter job, I think I was making like $15 an hour and getting called at all, all times of day, not taking a lunch break, being, working, you know, hours overtime and I remember a couple weeks ago, I like added it up and then looked at like what I charge for services now and, and what brands are willing to pay. And I'm like, oh my God, like, and, and it's funny to me because people always are like, why would you ever leave the glamorous local TV? And I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> it's not glamorous at all. And seriously, like I've told friends, family, how much I was making in Sacramento at a top 20 market. And they have been, everybody is shocked, you know, like it's just people think you're getting your hair, your makeup done. It's not that at all. And then the pay on top of it. Like I really do hope that with all the changes happening, happening in journalism, there is some level of paying people more and paying them for their time and what they're worth because we need good journalists in the world. And 
not just people who are willing to work for pennies because they have a passion for storytelling. You know, it, it, we yeah. should pay people what they're worth. Um, so you started working with Visit Palm Springs and explain to me what happened from there because I remember you left your job and I think started putting out stuff for Visit Palm Springs and you launched your website and did all the things and I was kind of sitting back like, oh shit, is she really doing this? Like, I can't believe she's leaving news. I think you were one of the first people that I was like, what's she going to do? You know, I can't believe it. So what happened from there? Yeah, so... I started, you know, just kind of doing these little freelance projects for Visit Greater Palm Springs. And then on the other side of things, I just started traveling because, you know, I had I had studied abroad before that. I had visited, you know, I, I had a good number of countries under my belt. But at the same time, I was like, if I'm going to be a travel expert and be in this industry, I need to travel. And so from there, it was like we went to India. We went to, and I, when I say we, it's me and my mom uh we did romania we did prague and then like at the even the next year it was like argentina all throughout central america all these places and, and that was just kind of me sort of putting in my time to feel as if like i i knew what i was talking about like you can't be a travel expert without having traveled or visited all these multiple different countries and kind of just lived that experience so i felt like i spent the first kind of year and a half just traveling and experiencing and, you know, just for transparency's sake, you know, spending a lot of my own money. Like at, at first it was not like these countries were not paying me, these tourism boards were not paying me. Like it was me investing in my business to get to the point to where I am right now, where I do get paid to create video series and, and work with tourism boards and work with hotels. But I think there's a lot of sometimes mystery um, that is involved in, in, the, in the travel influencer space and, and creator space. And I even I have such a hard time with the word influencer. I just I don't know why it just like gives me a bad taste in my mouth. And like I wish I wish there was a different word. I mean, it's the correct word to use for the industry, but I wish I wish there was a different word. I don't know why I have such a hard time with it. <laughs> I feel the same way. I mean, I don't consider myself an influencer, but I think having a journalism background, there is part of me innately that's like, I'm not supposed to influence anybody. You know, like, I'm just here. I'm just speaking my truth and showing up and talking about what I'm passionate about. And if you're influenced, awesome. But like, I don't want it to be my job to make you believe something or buy something. So I totally feel the same way. Like, that's why I kept the name journalist in my name because I was like, I'm still a journalist, I swear. <laughs> I, I feel, you know, at the end of the day of why I wanted to start Ally Abroad and, and do all of this travel work is that, you know, I, when I'm planning a trip, I'm on Pinterest, I'm looking up, you know, Condé Nast traveler articles, I'm looking up travel and leisure, I'm looking up all these things and just kind of compiling all this information and I typically just dump it all into a Google Doc. but. I think there is nothing better than a personal recommendation from a friend saying like, oh my God, you're going to Croatia. Okay, you have to go to this little tiny bar that you're never going to find on your own. It's through these walls. People are jumping off cliffs. Like you have to go and watch the sunset. Like if someone told me that, I'm like, yes, this is on the list. And so I look at my platform, I look at my blog, and now what I'm doing with these group trips as like my way of being that sort of 
vetted personal recommendation to help other women, men, whoever it may be, make travel a little bit easier, a little bit more personal, and just feel as if like someone trusts the recommendation that I'm giving. So that's, to me, that's like, that's my version of like influencing, of just, you know, being sort of a, a guide per se to help people as they're you know planning their their next trip because as we know in this day and age travel is complicated it's you know multiple different steps um and if someone can be there to help you along the way i think it makes it just like so much more magical I agree, and I love that you, for the past couple of years, have been coming out with travel guides for different locations, so all of that information is just in one place, because traveling really can be overwhelming, and it's like you see these pictures on Instagram and Pinterest, and you're like, that looks so amazing, but all of the legwork that goes into getting there and finding that location and all those things, like I said, can be really intimidating. So. I want to talk to you about growing up with a travel advisor. How did that influence your view of travel? Was your mom always a travel advisor? No, it's so funny. So she, her main part of her career, what she went to school for and what she did before she had me, she was a banker. Um, oh. Completely different than what she's doing right now. Then raising me, she was a stay-at-home mom. And then as soon as I sort of kind of went off to do the college thing, one of, um, I was on the dance team in high school, and one of the fellow dance moms is a travel advisor. And the two of them became so close throughout the years, and Nancy was always saying to Linda, like, I think you would be great at this. I want you to come and be, you know, learn this industry. And Linda was like, I don't know, I'm really happy with what I'm doing, but okay, let's give it a go. And Nancy, who is the owner of Scorby Travel and Cruise, I look at how just that one little conversation entirely changed Linda's trajectory in life. This happened when she was in her 50s. So it's like very much into her life already when she be got into the travel industry. And since then, I mean, the woman has been globetrotting, et cetera. And it's been the whole reason why I can do what I'm doing, my connections within the industry, my understanding of how to put a group trip together would have never been possible had it not been for Linda. And, you know, to get back to your question, like to seeing her go to all these far off places entirely on her own, like traveling on her own, just really like it's it sort of not exactly a roadmap, but it, it put the picture in my head of like, oh my God, like what, what would it be if like I did something kind of like that? Totally. And I think, you know, so many things come up when you say that, but just that one interaction, how not only it transformed your mom's life, but then your life. And then you are now that person for so many of us, you know, I see you solo traveling and I'm like, if Allie can do it, I could do that. You know, like, Allie's like me. I could totally, or not even solo travel, but like, you know, it's the power of example is so amazing. And I think that's the power of social media too. Like literally just by you traveling, you're inspiring other people to do the same, which is so awesome. But I do have to ask, okay, what is it like traveling with your mom? Like real answer here, because I've traveled with my mom a little bit and I, I don't know if I could do it all the time. <laughs> Listen, here's here's the real talk well first of all linda and i are we are very close like it is not the typical mother-daughter relationship but i will say we are so good on like days one two and then on day 
three, there is always, I mean, it is down to pretty much, this is always happens on the third day, a blow up fight. In India, this happened on the day that we went to the Taj Mahal, which was very inconvenient for me because I needed her to help me with like taking photos. And so I was like, ah! <laughs> of all the days that we are going to get in a blow up non-speaking fight, it would be on this day. But, um, you know, <laughs> we all it, it is inevitable on every trip we have that blow up. And then we come together and we say, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Let's enjoy the trip. And then we continue on. Um, but Linda is like the ultimate like wing woman, hype woman, like she gets if I, you know, want to go out and have a, a drink on my own or whatever, like she's like, I'll go back to the hotel. You do your thing. Um, she's incredible and gets up early, you know, with me for the sunrise and like helps me fly the drone. Like I'm so incredibly fortunate to have a mom like Linda. And I know that not everyone is as fortunate, but um, real talk, there's there's always the blow up. There's always the blow up fight. <laughs> I feel like that is to be expected anytime a mother-daughter combo is together for a long period of time. You know, it doesn't matter how close you are, how well you get along, it's going to happen. But I do have to say, we need behind-the-scenes video of Linda flying the drone. Like, I need to see this. <laughs> I need I need to, um, you know what, honestly, though, like, the drones these days are like, I'm not good at flying the drone. So if I can fly the drone, Linda can fly the drone. So maybe that's what we work on during the holiday break when I'm not traveling and doing anything. I'll like work on Linda's drone flying and do the behind the scenes. And if she crashes it, we're just going to get in writing that she covers the cost of replacement. <laughs> yes. I love how much you incorporate her into your business and everything. Like, I feel like I know Linda, you know, I've never even met her, but I'm like, and I know that she's a Virgo. So I'm like, Linda's my kind of person, you know, <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, but you go ahead. Go oh, ahead. sorry. No, I was just one funny thing. Like, it's so funny. Like everyone's always like, why do you call her Linda? Like, that's a weird thing to call your mom by her first name. But, and it's just, it was this thing because all throughout college, my whole life, Linda, like a part of the gang like I call her Linda rather than like her like Mrs. Powelski like you know it was always Linda and um and so it, it wound up being like a perfect branding thing now that she is so incorporated because people all know her name it's not like Allie's mom it's like Linda people know who she is it's just like it wound up all working out that her like <laughs> me calling her by her first name wound up being super easy for everyone to remember <laughs> But you call her like mom, right? You're like, hey, mom. You know, you don't say like, hey, Linda. When when we're together, same with me. Like, she never calls me Allie. It's always Alexandra. And it would be weird if she called me Allie. Same thing, like, what I yes, it's always mom. But it's like when I'm referring to her, it's like Linda. <laughs> I love how she is so, like, official about your name. Like, so perfect. I can't, I, I can't even say it the way she says it. Alexandra. <laughs> So good. So I know you've traveled a bunch with your mom, but you've also taken some amazing trips solo and with girlfriends as well. Um, what's that energy like traveling with other women? Ooh, traveling with other women. I, I think there's just something so unique and, and even this, you know, kind of happens with me and Linda, but there's so unique, something so unique about seeing a destination through the eyes of someone else. Like I, I immediately what's jumping to my head is I've been to Santorini a couple of times, but I went with a girlfriend, gosh, like a couple years ago and being able to see her experience this destination for the first time and 
also kind of be like, oh, all right, I know we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I know you're going to love this. Let me show you. And that's, you know, that, that kind of is why I wanted to start these group trips is just to be able to sort of like shepherd is like the weird formal way of saying this, but able to like guide a group of women and, and be able to sort of cultivate and curate this amazing experience for them so that like these experiences that Linda and I are having in the world are not just for me and Linda, like everyone gets to share them. It feels like it feels too great for something that I can just experience. Like I just want other people to know what that feels like, if that makes sense. Yes. So tell me about this vision for Gals Abroad Getaways, because this is something you've been talking about for quite a long time, actually. And now it's finally it's happening. It feels like I've been launching this thing for far too long. <laughs> like We got to the point where people were like, Allie, stop talking about it. Just do it. And, and a, a little bit of it is me just being like, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know. Is this right? But, you know, I, I kind of feel like right now I'm building the plane as I fly it, which is like so scary to me. But sometimes you just have to do it and you figure it out as you go along. But you know, and it's funny because we're in the midst of launching this first trip right now. And so we're doing all these like get to know you calls with the girls who are, are going to be joining on this first trip. And the thing that I am hearing on every single call is that people are tired of waiting for their friends, their family, their significant other, whoever it may be to commit to dates, destinations, etc. They just want to go put a date on the calendar, book the trip, book the flights, let's go. I think, I don't know if you've been in this position, but I feel like we've all been in this position where we like go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then the trip never happens because no one can commit to it. <laughs> and totally. so, yeah. So that was my, you know, that was my thought process on these trips initially is like, let's break down the barriers of people having to figure out the trip, having to, you know, organize everything, plan everything. And especially in this day and age with all the restrictions and rules and regulations, it is a lot to manage if you are not doing this on a day to day basis. Um, and so that's really like one of the many reasons why I wanted to start these group trips, but also to just, you know, I think there's something so special. I think some of the most like popular or best group trips that I've had are with women I don't know. Like maybe they're a friend of a friend or they're someone I've met online but I've never really hung out with them in person. And I just think it's so cool. It's like a, a new version of solo travel. Like you're kind of solo traveling because you don't know anyone but at the end you've made these incredible friendships with women around the world. You all stay connected. You then go and this person who lives in California and this person who lives in London and this person who lives in Texas and you've got this new kind of web of travel loving women that you never knew if you had not joined this trip. So this is my totally. long rambling explanation. <laughs> no, I love it because honestly, like there is something powerful. I'm I've never solo traveled, but um, you know, going to retreats, things like that, about going into a situation where you don't know anybody or it's going to be unfamiliar. There's something incredibly powerful about just putting yourself out there like that. And like you said, also creating connections because 
like I've never solo traveled and I know you're super outgoing, but in your experiences solo traveling, was it easy to make connections and find other people or were you just kind of on your own? So I haven't, you know, I want to solo travel more than I have, but my first like full blown solo travel was in 2019 and I loved the experience except for one small aspect of it, which is what you're talking about where at, at night I wanted to like go to a bar or like kind of mix and mingle. And this is the weird introverted side of me. I, so I was in Salzburg, Austria and it was in the summer and, and Europe in the summer is just such a magical place. And there's all these cafes and bars and all this stuff and they're popping, but everyone's with their little groups and, and people. And I will never forget this moment where I did laps around this like area where all these restaurants and bars were trying to like pluck up the courage to go inside to the bar by myself sit down and chat with the bartender and i was like having this mental conversation of like you can do it you can do it you can do it go in go in and i did and it wound up being a weird wacky experience that like we don't even need to go into that but i think there is that element of like traveling with a group where it's like, okay, we don't know each other, but we have that camaraderie where like, we can all go out to a bar or a restaurant together and, and have that buddy to have conversations with. Not to say that like, I love eating by myself. Like, and I do not mind doing a lot of things by myself. I think that must be like the only child in me, but sometimes- And Aries for sure. And, and Aries, but like sometimes yeah. things are just more fun with a group. And so totally. like, there's benefits to both. Well, and I think something amazing about traveling is that you're having these literally life-changing experiences and sharing them with someone else is half the fun. Being like, did you see that? Or what did you think about that? You know, even if it's not somebody that's like a lifelong companion or family or partner, but just being able to bounce it, the experience off of someone else, I think kind of makes it more impactful. Absolutely. Like, and I mean, there's also when you're solo, like I feel like it's, there's, there's benefits for solo travel where I feel like it's very re reflective and you're entirely on your own schedule. That's what I loved most is like, I didn't have to apologize the 10 different times I stopped on my road trip to like pull over and take a photo or take a video and just like gaze at the fields of sunflowers. So I don't want to knock solo travel. I think there's just like times in place for every type of travel, just based on where you're going, what you want to do, and, and sort of what you want to experience. And I have to ask you too, like when you were talking about that story going into the bar, um, I've only, I've been to Europe a couple times, and actually the first time was on a group trip after my senior year of high school. So I didn't know anybody, but it was, you know, a lot of students and teachers and stuff. It wasn't necessarily like party time. Um, but it was really awesome. It was really cool to go with a group and have everything taken care of. Like I loved that aspect of it. But I remember being prepared to go on, you know, the tube or the subway in different countries and, you know, to make sure you have like a crossbody bag and that you're keeping track of your bag and keeping track of yourself. And, you know, personal safety is really big when you're traveling. So as a solo traveler, like you're talking about going into this bar by yourself and part of me is like, oh my gosh, I'm so worried for you. You know, do you think that's a stigma we need to break down or is that something that you recommend people be really uh, vigilant about? You know, I think 
we as women, and you know, maybe that's a good thing to you know just talk about women in general, or maybe this can be useful to anyone. But I think we need to be vigilant wherever we are. You know, I think about heck Chicago. Like <laughs> sometimes I feel <laughs> the most unsafe when I'm in the United States versus abroad, um, and and I think it's just like having little things that we do no matter where we are. Like in this instance, for example, I was staying at a hotel. So if you're traveling abroad and you, you know, you want to maybe go out to a restaurant or to a bar, I always recommend telling the front desk like, hey, um, I think I'm going to be back at hmm, midnight or 1130 or have that kind of like time in the back of your mind and let the front desk know like, if I'm not back by this time, here's a number to call call this person or call me or check in and kind of like have sort of someone who's there on the ground, at least like looking out for you a little bit. Um, another thing is like I have my location on my phone turned on. Linda has that. I always let her know to like kind of check in on me. I think it's just like little things that we can do to sort of make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable and also little safety practices that like just make sure that we're being safe no matter where we are. Yeah, that's a great point. So let's specifically talk about this Gals Abroad getaway, this first one, um, because I am so curious. This sounds so much fun, and I don't know if I'm going to make the first one, but I know I'm going to have to come on one of these trips eventually. So where are you going, and what's the whole mission behind these getaways? Oh, I love that. Um, first of all, you have to, there's so many more trips to come, so don't feel bad about missing this first one. But this first one is to Paris and the Loire Valley. Um, and essentially what I wanted this to be is sort of an escape for women to sort of either join with another significant woman in their life, you know, whether that be a mom, whether that be a sister, a cousin, an aunt, a best friend. And, or even if you want to come solo and connect with other women who may become important um, women in your life. I, it's funny, for this trip, I think we just got someone else who just signed up today. There's going to be four birthdays on this trip. So I, I feel like the mission of this trip is just like a big birthday celebration for all the women who are joining. But I think, I think at the end of the day, especially right now, like I think so many of us are so eager to get back out into the world, to travel, to have connection, whether that be with other women, whether that be with a new culture, whether that be just with themselves. And so I'm really excited for to provide that opportunity for, for people to just see a new, oh, look at that. How fun is that? <laughs> this is where you can sign up. <laughs> AllieBroad.com. They're amazing. Um, I, you know, some of the women joining have been to Paris before, have never been to Paris before, but I just want this to be a fun, meaningful, magical experience where we're showing them a destination that, you know, we're covering the, the main things that you want to see, but also kind of going off the beaten path and doing some things that are a little bit unique in terms. So for Paris, we're making our own perfume. We're also going to one of Europe's largest antique markets and we're being guided by an expert art dealer who is like going to take us like there's I think there's like something like 1600 stores there. But this guy is like going to bring us to all the best ones. And um, 
And, and also at the same time, you know, Paris is a destination that is meant to be sort of walked and explored on your own. So while we do have activities, you know, every single day, there's ample time for people to go off on their own and, and explore and do their own thing. Because I think important for any trip that you're going on is to have that sort of like curiosity wandering where you just are like, I'm walking out the door and I'm going to explore. Um, so I also should mention too that for this trip, we're kind of doing this in two different segments. So people can just join the Paris segment or they can join the Loire Valley segment or they can do both. And the Loire Valley, for those who don't know, is one of France's famous wine regions. It's also one of the places that is known for having one of the highest concentrations of chateaus in the world. And chateau is basically like a castle. Um, and so you're like driving around in this like you know countryside and you go up this massive castle and then you go a little bit further down the road and there's a vineyard and then you go down the road and there's another castle and it's just literally straight out of a fairy tale um so we have kind of two different options uh, or three different options for no matter kind of how much time people have for what destination they're most interested in etc <laughs> and you guys are going to versailles which is just like Oh, I, I'm like, okay, I need to clear have out you been to, May 26. Have you been to Paris? I, I have um, on that group trip and then one other time, but only one or two days each, which was not enough. Um, and definitely always on like someone else's agenda or, but we did go to Versailles on the group trip, which blew my mind. And Magical. I just like, I have been saying, we just got our passports renewed and I've been saying like, we're going to Paris. Like I keep saying Paris, 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 because the couple of times I've gone, I just like frolic around the streets with a horrible French accent and everything I'm saying. And just like, I, I don't know, I have a lot of French in my DNA. I'm like, I feel like I belong here. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. It, what you said is like, it's so true. You know, there's a lot of people who have been to Paris before. This will be my third time, I believe. It's just a city that you can continue going back to. I feel the same way about London um, and, you know, even places in the United States like New York. Like, it's just a city that like you can't begin to even try to cover it in one trip and so you know going back time and time again and just kind of exploring different aspects but I always also with any trip that we do I and this is why we included the Loire Valley is like I want to cover the greatest hits Paris but I also want to give you a taste of a place that you may not have thought to visit um, and, and and be able to shine a spotlight on that um, and so that, that's, that's what we're always going to, did I cut out? No, you're good. You're good. Um, so yeah, I'm no, good. I saw, <laughs> a little bit, but I saw you and Linda when you went to the Loire Valley, was it last year? And just all of the stories you were posting and videos you were posting looked like nothing like I'd ever seen before as far as travel options, going and staying in a family's chateau. Like, that is so amazing. And, you know, you can go through different travel guides and go on group trips and whatever, but it's that level of, like, you guys know your audience, you know what a lot of women want, what kind of experience they want, and I don't think there's really a market out there yet for travel gear just for women. And I think there's something to be said, too, for, you know, for all these trips that we put together, 
Linda and I are going to those destinations or have been to those destinations to personally vet every hotel, every restaurant, every experience that we do so that you're not let down when you're investing your money on this trip and you're expecting it to be fabulous. And then there's nothing worse. And I've been there. I'm sure we've all been there where you get there and you're like, ugh. What a letdown. Like, this is not what I was expecting. And so I think, you know, a lot of times with group travel, it feels very cookie cutter. It feels very like, let's cram you onto a bus and off we go. Um, and this is the polar opposite of that. I want, you know, all these trips are going to be very small groups of women. I want it to be like everyone knows each other, gets to know each other. You don't need to all be BFFs, but you need to be able to have that conversation and feel like you're not at some long table and you're like, who's that over there? Like, I want it to feel intimate and I want it to feel like sort of a camaraderie that you're not only just seeing these magical places and these incredible experiences, but you're walking away with friendships and women that, that hopefully you'll continue the relationship just past the trip. And I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but like we're being very intentional with sort of how we cultivate these trips. I've got, I call them like my gals abroad golden rules. It's a document that everyone has to read and agree to before we even want to take your money for a deposit. I just think it's like, there's so many, like women and female relationships are so special and so important that like cultivating a group that is going to be cohesive is at the core of like what is most important for any sort of group dynamic. I love that. And I, I'm curious how this feels for you after the past year and a half, almost two years now. I mean, I'm sure you became, you know, you made travel your career. And then as you were just picking up momentum, travel shut down. So I know you were able to travel and document the process through parts of the pandemic. And, you know, you did road trips and kind of changed what travel meant a little bit to you during that time. But how does it feel to be finally making this happen, planning a trip across the globe with other people after this crazy couple of years we've been living in. Girl, it is beyond my wildest dreams. And it's so funny. Like, I don't know what inspired me to do this. I really actually never do this, which is weird. But I went down a rabbit hole of my own reels last night. I was like, oh, oh look at what, I did, what I've done for work. And I came across a reel that I did at the beginning of 2021. And it was like me dancing happy of like, this is what it will feel like when I'm able to work again, when I am able to travel again, when I'm able to launch these group trips, when I've gotten my vaccine, when I'm getting my airline status, but I haven't gotten that back yet. But every other thing has happened. And it just, it's a testament to like manifestation. It's a testament to also never losing sight of the immense amount of gratitude that I think I lost a little bit while I was in the grind initially of like, not even realizing, I mean, I realized it how fortunate and lucky I was, but it took all of last year to have the rug pulled out from under me to be like, oh my God, like I, I cannot exist without travel and without being able to do my job. And it was that reality check of like, how grateful am I and how lucky am I that this is my job and this is what I get to do. And I'm, it's beyond words of how I feel being able to do it again. 
I'm so excited for you because you have been talking about this a long time and I've just been watching every step of the way and it makes me so happy to see it finally happening for you and just to see all of your travels with your mom too. I'm like, what better people to create this like safe, loving, fun experience specifically for women? Like I just... I can't wait to see how these trips unfold and how I like know that this is just going to spark something way bigger than these group trips. Like I just, uh, I feel it. I mean, your Jupiter is in conjunction with your ascendant. There are big things happening here. <laughs> I, you know, it's, I, I would, I don't even know what that looks like, but for me, one, I can't wait to have you on one of these trips, but the, the greatest joy and feeling like I'm in my purpose is when we're going to be on this first trip and then all the trips to, to, you know, follow is just being able to like take these women, make a magical experience for them, take all of the legwork out of it, make it easy and just have a fabulous time and show them the world the way I've been so fortunate to be able to experience it. Like that's just, that's it at the end of the day. That's all like I care about. <laughs> But that just goes to show that like your intention is so pure and I think that is like a huge part of manifesting and create co-creating your reality and all those things is having that like energetic intention of like I I mean truly it's like you want to help other people you want to inspire other women and you already are by the way but I just this is taking it to a whole new level and I'm so freaking excited for you. Thank you. Thank you, my dear. <laughs> okay, so I have to ask you before we wrap this up, where is by far the favorite place you've ever traveled? Like this is the one place people need to go before they die. Oh my gosh. Um, can I give you two? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's like, this is, I always struggle with this question because there's one right off the bat and that is India. Um, it, and I know that that's like a jarring travel experience like for many um, and I would not recommend that being the first international country that people tackle I think it's a country that deserves sort of a level of expertise and understanding and empathy and, and open-mindedness to really fully be ready to receive all that it has to give you but I think you know in terms of the history in terms of the culture in terms of the palaces and the culture and the just like vibrancy of the destination it like smacks you across the face right when you get there um but what is so endearing to me and what i i think makes it just unlike anywhere else is is the people like they there is no you have not experienced hospitality until you visit india the the level at which these people are like so curious about what? Oh my gosh, you've come to my country. Please let me take a photo with you so that I can put it up on my wall and show all of my family and friends that I've met this amazing, you know, person who's decided to come and visit my country and let me welcome you into my home and make you this meal and, and show you and tell you about my culture and tell you about my people and tell you about this. Like it is, I've never met more curious people. I've never met more kind people. And I just think it's a transformative destination for anyone who is open to it. So that's mm -hmm. number one. Um, and number two is Greece. It's I knew I knew that you were gonna say Greece. <laughs> and 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 it's honestly the same thing for me. Hospitality and the way in which in which travelers are received in a country is really important to me because I 
think like, sure, you can be staying at the most luxurious exotic hotel. And yes, you could be doing this incredible experience. But if you don't feel welcomed, I think it's a it's a it's a different vibe. Um, and in Greece, it's it's the same way, you know, the people there, it's like, please let me let me show you this fish that I've caught today. And, and it, do you want this one to eat? Or would you rather this one that we're going to like, cook for you? It's just such a warm and welcoming hospitality where everyone comes around over a meal and then i mean just the scenery and the water and the different islands like you could spend your whole lifetime exploring all the various islands of greece i mean everyone always thinks about santorini and mykonos but there's like so many more and like my life goal is to i don't know have a house over there and just like retire and just chill <laughs> Uh, I, my life goal is for you to have a house there so I can come visit and stay with you. <laughs> um, no, on that same trip, I You're went always on welcome. To, oh, thank you. Um, on that same trip I went on to Europe, the first time I went to Paris, we also went to Greece and did like a one-day cruise of three different islands. And we went to Hydra, I believe. That's one of the islands, right? Literally yep. one of the best days of my life still. Like, it was just... I. I'm not a big swimmer, like I'm not a big get in the ocean kind of girl, but we jumped in the ocean and the water was so clear. It was just such an eye-opening experience for me, especially on those islands. You get really immersed in the culture really easily because it's such a small community usually that lives on the islands. And yeah, I've, I've got to go back to Greece. That was, and, and I don't know, the next gal's abroad trip to India. I mean, I feel like it's calling my name. <laughs> We are definitely, I, I do not, not spoiler alerts, but those are definitely destinations that are on our radar. And it's so funny you say Hydra. That was one of the islands Linda and I were considering when we were in Greece this past year. But I think to your point, like Greece is just such a cool laid back destination that you just feel like, oh, I'm going to go for a walk in the town today and I might just have lunch and maybe I'll go for a swim afterwards. And it's just so chill and like mm -hmm. you do what you want to do have your meal, have your swim, have your wine, do your thing. It's all good. Like, it's just bliss. Absolutely. Okay, the last question I have to ask you before we finish by pulling a card today. Um, what, yes, I know, I'm so excited. Um, what do you think the power of travel is? What have you learned from exploring the world and immersing yourself in other cultures? Right off the bat, empathy. Like, I think that in, in terms, I think that we as, uh, as human beings can learn so much about people who do not look like us, who do not speak the same language as us, who have different religions, cultures, beliefs, etc. We can learn so much from each other by simply going with an open mind and, and, and immersing ourselves in places that look completely, <clears throat> excuse me, as I get a tickle in my throat, um, <clears throat> look completely different than what we are accustomed to. And, you know, I think so many of us, you know, travel is a privilege and it is a luxury, but there are different ways of being able to do travel. And I just hope that so many people get the opportunity to experience that because I think my mindset, my ability to understand and relate to other people is completely it's a little bit, it's been influenced obviously by my work as a, a, in journalism, but it's also been heavily influenced by travel. And I just think that that's one of the greatest, greatest 
um, values and takeaways from that that travel can can give you in in absolutely. your life. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to more travel in the new year. That's like one of my big goals is to use that passport, travel internationally. Um, I think that so many people have been holding off on trips, you know, and the state of the world is stressful and all those things, but I am really excited for 2022 and just I'm excited to watch your brand and your business continue to grow and I'm just so grateful for you. I mean, literally paving the way for me in a lot of ways just by showing me what is possible when you take that leap of faith. Oh, it's I think that you know, we as women have so much more to gain than we do to lose when we're open books and we help other women and we lend a helping hand. And I know that we're all busy and, and you know, like the reality of being able to help everyone is maybe not realistic, but just, you know, just when people ask you questions and I think about how many women and, and men as well, but like how many people helped me get to where I am right now, if I can pay that forward, it is so important. And so that's just always been my takeaway is like, help other people do what you do, share what you know, you know, we're so much better when we're like lending a helping hand rather than competing against each other. It's just like, that's always kind of been my mantra. I love it. Okay. Are you ready to pull a card? I am. <laughs> okay. So we're going to pull from the Work Your Light deck by Rebecca Campbell. It's the only deck I, this deck, just the cover art was like, okay, we have to use this for Allie, Ooh. obviously. Wait, are these like tarot cards or what is this? So these aren't actually tarot, they're called oracle cards. Um, so they don't have like the traditional tarot, you know, the hangman or the devil or whatever, the six of wands. They just are little messages that come with a guidebook and they're a little bit more spiritual, like definitely more positive. So I like that. Um, but while Love. I'm shuffling them Love. up, let people know, I pulled up your Instagram here, where they can find you, what's the best way to connect with you while I shuffle. Yes. Okay. So I would say Instagram is kind of like a nice little launching pad because we've got the little link tree up there. But I would say the best way, especially if you're interested in learning more about these group trips or even, you know, maybe you don't want to go to Paris, you want to know about, about future ones. My Gals Abroad Getaways newsletter is the best place to be if you want to know about future trips or kind of like little updates. So you can find that via the little link tree on my Instagram. But Instagram is like my happy place where I hang out. There's fun little reels, tips, tricks, all that sort of stuff. But if you want to know about the trips, um, definitely get on that newsletter. I think that's prime. And we still have, we still definitely have some spots available for the Loire Valley portion of the trip. And Paris is almost full, um, but we still do have um, some spots available. So if you're interested, I'm happy to answer any questions. Shoot me an email, a DM, what have you. <laughs> I love that. I Your Instagram is such a fun place. And also, I know we talked a lot about Linda. So like, if you relate or if you're a Virgo, you have to follow her on Instagram so you can meet Linda. You can see all about the house plants, all the cats. We didn't even talk about your cats. Like, how did we miss that? 
I, you know, I'm a crazy cat lady. I have four of ca four of my cats. They're all named after places that I love around the world. And I don't give them enough shine. But you know what? There is a reel that's coming out later, like I think Thursday of this week, that highlights the kitty cats. So I need to incorporate them in the content more. And we also need to work on Linda's brand on Instagram because it is just a mess. So that's like my 2022 goal is to give her her, you know, work on her own presence online. <laughs> I really just, I will follow her, but I also just love her as your, you know, kind of nagging mom presence. I think it's, it's perfect. It's hilarious. She's my, she's my sidekick. <laughs> I, she totally is. I love it. Okay. Let's pull a card. What message do we have for Allie today? So intense. <laughs> this is an intense card, actually. It's the mirror card, and the message is, who or what is triggering you? <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, at this moment, what's triggering me is my crappy Wi-Fi signal that, like, if, as soon as you were pulling the card, it was, like, pixelating, and I know it's on my end. And so that is what is triggering me right now. Um, aside from that, what is triggering me, you know what is triggering? triggering me I emails are you like is this, I'm supposed to answer this question um you don't have is to it like I'm asking looking for the little me? um I mean it's like you can totally answer because I think it's hilarious I'm looking for the little um description of it for you so I can like read what you're <laughs> yeah. supposed to do with Ooh. the trigger um but yeah. I also just love you telling me what's triggering you because I feel like that is your Aries coming out you're like let me tell you what's pissing me off right now <laughs> this wi-fi connection and my my never-ending email inbox of just like too many emails that I've subscribed to and I'm like what why why did I do that why did I do that so that's my that my is trigger. I swear that is like my biggest trigger too. Like I refuse, if I sign up for an email list, it's like, I really love you because, or you better be giving me something free out of it because I hate emails. I get so bogged down by them. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Okay. Truly. So as, as I'm like, is, as I'm like, sign up for my email newsletter. <laughs> yeah. But that has like, you know, you could go to Paris if you sign up for the email newsletter. So, or just like learn about all these great trips worth it for sure. Um, but I feel you, I feel you about the emails. Okay. So here's what to do with those triggers. It says the filter of our own experience is how we experience life 90% of the time through our own projections. When someone reminds us of an unhealed experience, we get triggered often, and it's an unconscious thing. People in situations can trigger our mirrors to reflect back to us what we believe to be true about life, the universe, and ourselves. Mirrors pointing to our shadow and our light. Mirrors revealing the parts of us that are yet to be accepted, witnessed, or loved. This card is guiding you to look closely at what experiences or people are currently triggering in you and what they could be mirroring back to you. What have you felt or when have you felt like this before? Could they be opportunities to heal something in you? Or are they shining a light on something that longs to be witnessed? This goes for the good and the bad. The good, those who we admire and put on a pedestal. If we do not realize that we are attracted to them because we are like them, we will need to cut them down in order to rise to their level. The bad, those who we despise, are envious of and put down. If we do not realize that they trigger something in us, then it is still yet to be healed and we will remain hurt and wounded ourselves. So just like a 
that, that was kind of an intense card, but I, you know, I always am like thinking when I'm reading the descriptions and I love how you said that this Wi-Fi connection was triggering you because you're a Virgo rising, like how you put yourself out to the world, you probably have like some perfectionism, right? Like you like to look put together, you like your shit to be on point, like even your design for your emails and your website and everything is like perfection, so beautiful. Um, but this could just be a little lesson, a little reminder for you that like it's okay if the Wi-Fi is glitching, your energy, your presence is still coming through. It's okay if it's not perfect because you have an amazing energy regardless. It's so funny. It also goes back to like just not like I feel like the thing we hear all the time in entrepreneurship is like do it before you're ready or do it scared or uh, what is it done is better than perfect. And I find myself being held back so many times where I'm like, well, I'm not going to launch Gals Abroad Getaways until I have the website perfect. And I've, you know, paid an exorbitant amount of money for a logo and a brand and all this stuff. And it has to look all together. And, and finally, I'm like, no, I just need to do it and put it out there because it's the work that matters. It doesn't matter like the shiny, you know, glamorous stuff, whether that's, you know, that, that is nice and it's important, blah, blah, blah. But like at the end of the day, what's important is helping these women see these different destinations. And hopefully what is important in this scenario, regardless of the Wi-Fi connection, is hopefully there's been little tangible takeaways or lessons <laughs> from this interview that people have gleaned. <laughs> so many. And I just have to say, even before you had the brand, even before you had the logo, even before you were a travel influencer or expert or you know whatever you want to call it like your energy affected me even before i knew why you know i always just saw you as this like light in the world and i was just like i always thought like ali is so cool like she's just oh. so fun like i just thought you were so fun and i just wanted to be around your energy and i've always felt that even following you like i always want to watch your story i love your energy and yeah and you're a mirror for me in a way you know pulling this card because i have looked up to you for so long oh. and now i'm kind of following in those same footsteps so just know that Without all the logo, I mean, I love, I'm a Virgo rising too. So I love the branding. I love the logo. I love the aesthetic, but that's, you've got it. <laughs> yes. But that's not you. You know, you are your energy and you have such a beautiful energy and I can't wait to travel the world with you in the next year or two. Like it's happening. It is so going to happen. And just thank you for your sweet, kind words. And at the end of the day, like I, I think that that's, why you know when social media is used in the right way it inspires other people to find their purpose to go after that dream and and that's that's what i hope is like by doing this and doing whatever i'm doing and and to be honest with you i wake up most days and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing but i'm gonna do it and hopefully you know if it's inspired you to do the same and, and you wake up every day and you feel like you're living in your purpose and your value then like oh my god like my work is done that's it like that so thank you for sharing that with me truly your work is just getting started and it's already affecting so many people <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tired, like, I'm tired. <laughs> No, not that you have to do more, but like I said, just you being you is your work, you know, and 
before you had this whole dream and vision and plan, you were already doing your work. So just know that your worth isn't defined by how much you get done or how many projects you're doing. Like your energy is, this sounds so lame, but like your energy is fire, literally. Like you are so fun. And I'm so, so grateful you came on today. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this space with me. Thank you for sharing sharing your community. I hope that I was helpful in some way. Um, I swear I have more tips and tricks and stuff, and that's what I share in the newsletter and on Instagram. So please drop me uh, like a DM, a question, whatever. Like I'd love to be helpful. Um, and I'm just, I am just so proud of you, what you've done and what you've built and what you've created. And I feel like you're just at the beginning of your journey as well. But like, it's just incredible. And everything that you've put out into the world and the way that you you know, speak to other people and, and see, see them being seen is like, I think what we all want to feel and do that. And you help other people feel that way. And I just, I'm so grateful that you've shared this space with me, my dear. Well, I am grateful to you for sharing your time with me. And uh, I know that this is just the beginning for both of us. So onward and upward from here, but thanks for carving out a little bit of your busy schedule to share all of your wisdom and your beautiful energy with us. Anytime, my dear, truly. Thank you. Thank you for having awesome. me. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. All right. And thank you for joining us today. If you missed part of this, you can listen to it as a podcast. We'll publish that a little bit later today. You can watch this video anytime. And of course, go follow Allie on social media because it's just such a fun time. You get to see her cats, you get to see her travel the world, and you get to meet Linda. I mean, there's nothing better. It's a trifecta. So uh, we'll see you right back here on Thursday morning for another live interview. We're also live every morning with Transits Today, our astrology live stream. But until I see you next time, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining our discussion today. If you enjoyed this episode of The Spiritual Journalist, you can find more on thespiritualjournalist.com or you can listen to our conversations wherever you enjoy podcasts. And if you want to learn more about astrology, join me live every weekday morning on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for Transits Today, where we break down the energy of the day based on the movement of the planets and start our morning off in a high vibe. All of the information we share on The Spiritual Journalist is completely free to you. So if you'd like to support more content like this, the easiest way to do so is to subscribe to our YouTube page. Head over to The Spiritual Shop on our website and buy yourself a little something. Or if you're feeling extra generous, you can buy me a coffee to fuel future live streams. Just tap the link in the description or head to buymeacoffee.com and search The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here and I can't wait for our next conversation.